Shalom. We are so glad you're joining us on this episode of Our Hope. We created this podcast as a resource for followers of Yeshua, where they can learn more about Israel, the Bible, and the Jewish community. Together, we discuss Messianic apologetics, dive into scripture, and hear stories from Jewish believers in Jesus. If you've enjoyed our podcast series, please consider supporting us at ourhopepodcast.com support. You could also help us by sharing this podcast on social media, talking about it with your friends and family, or by writing a review on Apple Podcasts. We are so grateful for you, and we hope this episode of Our Hope is both enlightening and encouraging. Welcome to Our Hope, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this podcast, you will hear inspiring testimonies, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Wherever you're listening, we hope you lean in, listen closely, and be blessed. Throughout Jewish history, several people have claimed to be the Messiah. How do we know who the true Messiah is? In this season, we have looked at prophecies which talk about what the Messiah will do. But what if the Bible also told us when to expect him? Today, we are going to discuss one of the most specific prophecies in the Bible, Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Amazingly, the prophet Daniel casts a vision of God's plan for Israel that spans several centuries. In just a few verses, we catch glimpses of Israel's return from exile, the Messiah's death, the temple's destruction, and the end times. There is so much we could talk about, but we will focus on what this passage has to do with the Messiah. Thankfully, we are joined by an expert guest, Dr. Michael Rydelnik. He is the professor of Jewish studies at Moody Bible Institute, host of the Open Line radio program, and editor of the Moody Handbook of Messianic Prophecy. I now introduce the host of our Hope podcast, Abe Vasquez. Well, everyone, welcome back to another week of Our Hope. I'm Abe Vasquez. I am so excited about today's episode. But first, I do want to wish everyone who's listening, um, if you celebrate Christmas, Merry Christmas to you. Um, I hope you had a wonderful time with your family. Um, and, you know, the holidays are just really wonderful. Unfortunately, um, the coronavirus has really made things uh, tough, especially the last two years. Um, and uh, I know that it's made some people hesitant to 
uh, maybe want to be with family. But for those who are able to be with family, I know it, it's, it's just a wonderful time. Um, and, and I know I am um, just grateful for God's blessings throughout uh, this holiday season. Uh, but today's episode, I'm really excited because the, really the whole season has been inspired by this guest. Um, this is uh, Dr. Michael Rodelnik, and he uh, wrote a, a book called The Moody Handbook of Messianic Prophecy. And uh, he he really dives into messianic prophecies. And if you don't have this book, we highly recommend it. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on our online store at store.chosenpeople.com. And just get your hands on this book and you will be blown away. But I just want to introduce Dr. Michael Radelnik. Thank you so much for being on Our Hope. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, I just want to say I didn't write the book. I edited it. I contributed about nine articles in it, but a lot of wonderful scholars uh, from all across the world, actually, contributed, and uh, uh, even some staff from Chosen People Ministries. And so uh, I, I just really commend all those wonderful contributors. They've done a great job, and, and I love the book. I use it all the time myself. So <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Thank you so much. And so every guest that we have on, uh, we ask a really, really tough question, probably the hardest question we're, we'll ask. And that question is, what is your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food. <laughs> well, I'm in Chicago, but I'm born in the Holy Land. I was born in the Holy Land of Brooklyn, oh. Brooklyn, New York. And uh, so even though there's lots of great food here in Chicago, I'm a true New Yorker at heart. And there's not just one food. I love New York bagels, mm. New York pizza. Yes. And a pastrami sandwich from a good kosher deli or mm -hmm. kosher style deli. Yeah. Uh, like like Katz's in New York. Oh, yeah. I was so. nervous you were going to say deep dish pizza. <laughs> mm, no. no. <laughs> I, I, I can tolerate deep dish pizza, but it's not pizza. It's yeah. sort of pizza quiche or something. I so, don't know what it is. <laughs> to all of yeah. those who are listening in Chicago, we apologize, but yeah. we're all from New York here. So <laughs> it's a little bias. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're really excited to jump in. Um, before we get into the actual Messianic prophecy we're discussing today, I'm just curious, what book of the Bible have you personally been studying uh, recently? Well, I just finished uh, Zechariah, mm. and uh, it's the second most Messianic book in the Old Testament. Uh, the first is Isaiah, but uh, Zechariah is deeply Messianic, mm -hmm. and uh it's uh it's really i i liked it so much i was studying it with my wife we were working through it together mm -hmm. and uh my wife eva and yeah. uh i actually called a friend of mine who is a pastor of, of a fairly large church here i know they have a bible institute kind of bible study during the week mm -hmm. and i called him up and i said i'm so excited about this is there any way i can teach zechariah <laughs> your congregation uh it, it was just a great book to look at we just finished that uh now we're about halfway through matthew wow that's awesome wow yeah. and dr radelnik we know that the pandemic has been uh, dragging for the past couple years so what have you been up to and how has it impacted your teaching and your ministry well i didn't teach for about a year mm. uh publicly I, I was on zoom yeah I taught my classes at school on Zoom. I kept doing stuff on radio, but we set up a studio here at my home and uh, it didn't sound like I was at home. Yeah. But uh, yeah. we used a, uh, a kind of a internet protocol to to get my uh, 
to do that. So I did a lot of teaching that way. Uh, and uh, that first year, uh, it was, there were some challenges that my family was facing at the same time. Uh, so my wife and I, we watched a lot of old movies Aww. and I read uh, really like the old classic ones, you know, uh, with Bob Hope and uh, <laughs> uh, with uh, Danny Kaye and uh, G- uh, Ginger Rogers and Fred Astaire, people that. like that. Jimmy Stewart, we watched movies <laughs> like that. And then uh, we also, I also did a lot of, uh, books. I read books and listened to books on audio. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I really made sure to, I really, I, I listened to the Lord of the Rings. Oh. Which was That's unique. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. And uh, I, I read Narnia again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually, it was, it was more rereading, although I did read some new books too, mm-hmm. but uh, I used the time to find books that I love and found real joy in. Yeah. Uh, and so those were the books I've, I listened to. As painful as a pandemic has been, it was sort of a forced sabbatical. Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We were all forced to kind of <laughs> just figure out, okay, now we can't do the things we're used to, the, the things that keep us busy. How do we fill yeah. in that time? So mm-hmm. people learned to cook, people learned different things. Yeah. Now, there, there was a a big church here in the Chicago area that was without a pastor. Mm. And the week when, when I got, when I, when uh, my wife and I were first vaccinated uh, after a few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, I became the interim preacher mm. speaker at this congregation. And I did that for six months until they called a pastor. Wow. And it was kind of fun. I was a little scared after all the speaking I had ever done. I thought I haven't done this in a year and I was all nervous. <laughs> Uh, about starting, but it was it was really a joy to me. Yeah. It was uh, a people, a community that loves God's word, yeah. and I was able to teach the Book of Ruth and the Book of Ephesians, and uh, it was a delight for me to be back teaching. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. not just at school, which I was back at school already, hmm. but, uh, uh, but but also uh, to teach. Uh, like I like, I always tell my students, I love teaching you, but I like teaching normal people too. <laughs> yeah. So let's so. let's dive in. Um, I, I yeah. want to make sure we have plenty of time to talk about this Messianic prophecy. Um, we're going to focus on Daniel 9, 24 through 27, and kind of like how you listened to the Lord of the Rings, I think it's a good practice to hear the Word of God. And so we'd mm-hmm. love for Nicole to uh, read this prophecy out loud. Nicole, if you would. Okay. So this is Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Seventy weeks have been decreed to your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, even in times of distress. Then after the 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing, and the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. And its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. And he will make a firm covenant with the many for one week. But in the middle of the week, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering, and on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction, one that is decreed, is poured out on the one who makes desolate. Wow. 
Thank you, Nicole. Yeah. Intense. A lot. <laughs> a <Yeah> . lot in there. <laughs> Um, a lot of math too. <laughs> right. <laughs> so context is key, right?、Uh, so who was Daniel, and where and when did he live?、Uh, Daniel was a biblical prophet. He lived. He was probably born around 620 BC because he was a teenager. I always guess if he came to Babylon, he was taken as an exile in 605 BC. If he was around 15, he was probably born about 620 BC、mm. when he、uh, has this. Uh, prophecy. Uh, we're talking; it's somewhere much later.、Uh, he's an old man at this point.、Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's looking at the book of Jeremiah. It says, and he realizes the seventy years of the desolation of Jerusalem、uh, were complete,、uh, meaning that the Babylonian captivity had started, and it was seventy years. And if if he takes six o five as his date.、Uh, Uh, somewhere, it was it was right around I would say, or, or a little bit before then.、Uh, I would say that he was looking at around 539 BC、mm. when he gave this prophecy,、yeah. uh, and or when he received this vision, I guess I would、mm-hmm. say. And、uh, and so we're looking that Daniel was probably an old man by now. If he was born in 620, he was about 80 years old,、oh, and、wow. he receives this vision. Because he's longing for Israel to be released from captivity,、mm-hmm. and and that's really important as a context for this passage.、Mm-hmm. Because the reason Israel went into captivity was over seventy sevens, a period of、uh, seven years, seventy times over, they missed the sabbatical year,、mm-hmm. and so God decreed that they would go into captivity for seventy years to make up for those every seventh year that they failed. To carry out the sabbatical rest of the land. Wow! So that's the context, and Daniel is asking, "Okay, release us now. We've paid the fine. We've、uh, we've we've been in captivity for seventy years, and the land has rested for seventy years." And the angel comes and says, "No, no, I'm not going to talk to you about the past seventy times seven years.、Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to you about the future, a period of seventy times seven years." Wow! So this is a very complex prophecy.、Um, yeah. We were looking at the chapter. You noticed? <laughs> <laughs> Not a simple, straightforward one like our other ones.、Yeah. Uh, but we were looking at the chapter in the Moody Handbook of Messianic Prophecy, and Kevin Zuber contributed to this chapter, and he wrote. It would be difficult to exaggerate the significance of this prophecy. Many would argue that this is the key text, both for understanding the person and work of the Messiah, and also for comprehending the Lord's whole unfolding program for His chosen nation, Israel. So, why exactly is this specific prophecy in Daniel nine so important? What exactly does it reveal to us? Yeah, I I want to talk about that. I do want to say first of all, even though it is complex. Uh, as you say, there's a couple reasons people think it's complex, but one of the most is it involves numbers, and you know we're not so good at arithmetic, and so I just have a comfort for everyone.、Uh, the calculator has been invented; it's on most people's、uh, iPhone. Millennials、they、know can, it well. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh yes. And so we can figure it out. And if you get the keys down of what this prophecy is about, it kind of opens up. It unlocks the door, and we can understand it.、Mm-hmm. It's so important because it reveals precisely when the Messiah would be revealed to Israel.、Mm-hmm. It reveals what the Messiah would do—that he would be cut off—and the context tells us it's for sin.、Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then uh, it also reveals what the last uh, period of time is before uh, the return of the Messiah. Uh, do, what what the seventieth week of Daniel, or what some people have called the tribulation period mm -hmm. uh, of the future. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's it's very significant about the, both the first and second coming mm -hmm. of the Messiah. So let's let's dig into what is defined as a week. So how long is yeah. a week? Uh, is it literally seven days? And what exactly is supposed to happen during these yeah. 70 weeks? Yeah, well, the word week is, is sometimes it's, it's not a great translation. Yeah. It can mean week, but it could also be translated. I think the NIV translates it 77s. Mm. Uh, it's sort of like yeah. the word dozen. Got it. You know, I, I could send you to the store and say, buy a dozen. And if I don't tell you a dozen what, you'll all come back with different things. Probably in New York, we'll come back with a dozen bagels. Uh, <laughs> here in the Midwest, someone would come back with uh, a dozen donuts uh, or a dozen eggs. It just, the context tells us what it is. Yeah. And in this context, it's talking, as I said, Daniel's thinking about the 70 times seven years of missing the sabbatical year. And for that reason, Israel went into captivity for 70 years mm -hmm. to rest the land for those 70 years to make up for the past. And now uh, the other clue in the context that tells us he's talking about years is in the very next paragraph after this prophecy, it says that Daniel in uh, Daniel 10:2, in those days, I, Daniel was mourning for three entire weeks. Now that's not what it says in Hebrew. It says, I was fasting for three weeks of days. Hmm. And the reason it says of days is to specify it as different from the weeks in the previous paragraph, mm -hmm. which was weeks of years. And, and so, and, and it's, the word is used that way in the Old Testament. It means a period of seven or a heptad of years. Uh, it's used that way. You remember when Jacob uh, worked seven years, and he was supposed to marry Rachel, mm -hmm. and Laban deceived him and gave him Leah. Mm -hmm. And then he had to work another seven, that's the same word that's used, to receive uh, uh, Rachel as his second wife. Mm -hmm. And uh, it says he worked another week. Same idea, mm -hmm. but it was a week of years. Uh, and it's used this way in rabbinic literature as well. And so... Uh, the idea of it being a week of years makes a lot more sense. Just a quick question. This predates Nehemiah, correct? Uh, yes. Okay. So we know that in verse 25 of this prophecy in Daniel, it talks about a decree to rebuild Jerusalem. Why does Jerusalem need to be rebuilt? And do we know if this prophecy has already occurred? Well, it says uh, that... Uh, from the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah, there'll be seven weeks and 62 weeks. That's what it specifically says. And people argue about what was that decree? Why does it need to be decreed to restore and rebuild Jerusalem? Hmm. Because in 586, Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the emperor of Babylon, came and destroyed Jerusalem and took the Jewish people captive and brought them into exile in Babylon. Uh, so Jerusalem sat 70 years uh, at least till 539 when Cyrus the Persian gave a release, uh, sent the captives back. Uh, some people count yeah. the captivity 
in round numbers from the time when the first captives were taken in 605 BC, when Daniel went to Babylon, up until about 539, 538, somewhere around there, when the decree was given to allow the Jewish people to go back. And so people think that's the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. But if you look at the decrees that are found in the Bible, they were Cyrus's decree in 539, but that was only to build the temple mm. and to let the captives back. Yeah. It wasn't to rebuild Jerusalem. And Darius gave a decree in 519, and uh, that referred, because the people had quit building the temple, so they needed reestablishment of orders to rebuild the temple. And so that decree in Ezra 6, mm -hmm. that's not it either. Artaxerxes gave a degree, decree in 457. It's found in the book of Ezra, chapter 7, verse 11. And it relates to temple restoration once again and the appointment of civil leaders. Nothing about restoring and rebuilding Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. But the book of Nehemiah, now that's significant because Nehemiah was the butler or the chief advisor, uh, com compatriot to Artaxerxes. Mm -hmm. And uh, he receives word from Hanani, one of his relatives, that Jerusalem is still devastated, that the walls are torn down, the city has not been rebuilt. And so he was sad, he prayed, and then he was sad in the king's presence, which you should never do with the ancient Near Eastern potentate. Mm -hmm. And the, the king, Artaxerxes, asks him why is he sad. He prays to the God of heaven one last time and tells them about his distress about Jerusalem being destroyed. And so the king authorizes him to go back. We often say the, to rebuild the walls, but in rebuilding the walls, that was to rebuild the city. Mm -hmm. And that decree was given to Nehemiah to become governor and rebuild Jerusalem, to restore and rebuild Jerusalem in the year 444 BC. Mm -hmm. And so that tells us when the starting point of this prophecy is from the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, there'll be seven weeks and 62 weeks, or 49 years and whatever seven times 62 is, uh, uh, 434 years. And so the, it comes to a total of 483 years. Mm. Uh, people often say, and I think you're probably wondering this because of your question, when was this fulfilled? Yes. Why does it say, why does it break it up into two segments? Because it's really from the, the the decree until the coming of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And the answer is that likely it refers to, it took about 40, 49 biblical years or 48 solar years to to rebuild Jerusalem. Yeah. And so it breaks it up into the period of time for rebuilding Jerusalem and then continuing until the coming of the Messiah. And that's his first coming or his second coming that you're referring to? That's his first coming. It's okay. really very <laughs> clear. Uh, if, if you look at it, it's talking about 483 biblical years, so from 444 BC. A biblical year, as best I can tell from all the evidence, and of course, maybe it'd be helpful to look at the book, Kevin Zuber did a really good job, or the Moody Bible Commentary, which I don't know if you've ever looked at. I edited that, but I happen to have written the commentary on Daniel in mm -hmm. the Moody Bible Commentary. And, uh, and, uh, but anyway, the, it's 483 biblical years of 360 days, mm -hmm. which comes to 173,880 days. And if you divide that by 365 and a quarter, it, it comes to 476 solar years. So from 444 BC, if you add 476 
we would often think, oh, that comes to 32. But the problem is, and it's not quite the same because we're not dealing with the number line. We're going from BC to AD. Yeah. And from 1 BC, there's no zero year. Mm. It oh, goes right true. after that to 1 AD or AD 1. And so you have to add one. So it comes to the year 33. Messiah would have to be revealed to Israel in the year 33. And uh, th that's exactly what happened. Uh, there are two possible dates for the date of the uh, presentation to Israel on Palm Sunday or maybe the day after Palm Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it's called Palm Sunday by tradition, but it might have been Monday is what I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, uh, the the actual uh, year could be the 30 or 33 because Passover when Jesus died was either in the year 30 on a Friday, it was on a Friday in the year 33. I think for a variety of historical reasons, I take the date that Jesus began his ministry around the year 30 and uh, or 29. And then uh, he was uh, presented to Israel in the year 33, just as Daniel foretold. And that was Messianic Prophecies and Mathematics. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and I really encourage you to take a look at what Kevin wrote. Uh, I mean, awesome. it's obviously a lot of numbers, but uh, yeah. the more significant thing about this, if you remember in the old movies, when they showed the passage of time, they show a calendar, a daily calendar, and the pages are yeah. tear, being torn off. And so if we look at, the date of Artaxerxes' decree, which was actually, we can calculate it as March 5th, 444 BC. And if we tear off 173,880 days, okay? Yeah. That would come out to March 30th, AD 33, mm, which is significant. I mean, that is a very significant date. Yeah. It's wow. the date of the triumphal entry. Wow. When Jesus uh, enters Jerusalem, fulfilling Zechariah 9 9 on, the, on the, the foal of a donkey, and the people are shouting, Save now, Hosanna, save now. Mm. Wow. That's the date that, that Daniel predicted Messiah would come. Incredible. And so that's very significant because what does Jesus say on that day in Luke 19 42? He says to Israel, if you had known this day, mm -hmm. the things which make for peace, mm -hmm. but now it's hidden from your eyes. So it's a very, very significant mm -hmm. prophecy. And it, it really shows that Messiah came on the very day predicted. We'll be right back. hope you're enjoying this episode about Messianic prophecy. To dive even deeper into what the Hebrew scriptures say concerning the Messiah, check out the Moody Handbook of Messianic Prophecy. This book features in-depth analysis of virtually every Messianic passage in the Old Testament. The Moody Handbook of Messianic Prophecy is edited by Dr. Michael Radelnik, and its contributors include dozens of respected Bible scholars. This is the book for anyone who has ever wondered what Jesus said to his disciples on the road to Emmaus. Exclusive for our podcast listeners, get your copy today at ourhopepodcast.com forward slash Moody Book and use the coupon code Moody20 for 20% off.
do you think the Israelites, because, I mean, they did a big like presentation with the palms and everything. Do you think the Israelites were expecting something to happen on that day? Like mathematically, do you think they figured it out or was it just kind of almost happenstance? I don't know. I think that most, I think when he says uh, to the Jewish people, uh, if you had known this day with the things which make peace, when Yeshua said that, mm. I think he was talking to the Jewish leadership. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, unfortunately, I don't think that most people got it, but there must have been some, which is why they lined up there. Mm-hmm. And when they saw Yeshua on that foal of a donkey and they knew Zechariah 9 9, behold, your king comes to you lowly and riding upon a donkey, even the foal of a donkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they saw that, crowds gathered because mm-hmm. they said that's the Messiah. And they were calling for him to save now. Now, I think what they were calling for him to do was to deliver Israel from the Romans, right? Yeah. not right. to deliver Israel from their sins mm-hmm. right. or from our sins. Mm-hmm. But uh, nevertheless, that's what they were doing. So there must have been some people that got it. What I love about how the Lord uses prophecy and how he communicates to people, uh, it's through math sometimes. Yeah. It's through using <laughs> math and numbers, right? Yeah. But, but it's math, very I rare, think, but yeah, it happens. But, it, but what, what, what is amazing to me about that is that I think when you think of one plus one equals two, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. That, that can't change. Yeah. That one mm-hmm. plus one must always equal two. That's sort of in a way perfect, right? And so the way he uses math, something that that's really the only concept that we can come close to understanding perfection. Um, you know, it, it's just amazing. Well, it's, so, it's not it's random. So plainly, it's so plainly objective. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 there's no uh, numbers don't lie. You know, right. they, they just, mm-hmm. and right. now we can make statistics say anything, but actual math. Yeah. That, that's just what it is. Yeah. Uh, mathematics yeah. work. Yeah. And so I agree with you. That's kind of cool. Now, uh, Nicole, you want to know, wait, you don't see a 69th week. You see a 62nd week after the sec- 62nd yes. week, right? Seven and 62 weeks. That's what I yeah. see there. Yeah. So- and it says after the 62nd week, the Messiah will be cut off. But that presumes already that there is the seven week period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, there'll be seven weeks and 62. Mm-hmm. So it divides it into two periods. And uh, then it says, and after the 62nd week period, which yeah. already presumes the seven week, so that makes it 69 weeks, mm-hmm. it says the Messiah will be cut off. And that's the key, that when Messiah came, we expected him. This is so much the Jewish people. This is what, what I grew up expecting, a Messiah who would deliver us from oppression, mm-hmm. yeah. who would establish a kingdom of peace. We didn't expect the Messiah that would be cut off, which mm-hmm. is a Hebrew phrase that means to be killed. Mm-hmm. And uh, it says that he will be cut off. It either means and will have nothing or, but not for himself. Mm-hmm. And that means he will be cut off for us. Uh, that his death wasn't because he was a, a guilty criminal, but because he was sacrificing himself for us. Mm-hmm. And then it says, Uh, The people of the coming prince will destroy the city and the sanctuary. Sometime after the death of the Messiah, and we have to imply his resurrection and ascension, but sometime after that, the people of the coming prince, well, in this book, 
there's this coming prince. He's even mentioned in this passage. He's a Roman. And uh, who are the people of the coming prince? It's the Romans. So the people of the coming prince will destroy the city. That's Jerusalem and the sanctuary. And what's amazing is the city wasn't even rebuilt. And the sanctuary wasn't even rebuilt when Daniel received this prophecy. And yet it is assumed that it will be rebuilt and right. then destroyed when by the Romans. Mm. And that's exactly what happened in AD 70. So, Dr. Rodelnik, can we fast forward um, to today? Where, where do you believe we are now in this timeline that Daniel lays out? Yeah. Well, Daniel makes it seven weeks plus 62 weeks plus one week. Mm-hmm. And we are between seven and 62, between week 69 and week 70. There's a gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's presumed because it tells us what it, what will end that gap, what will start that 70th, seven-year period. And that is when uh, the, the prince who is to come, that's mm-hmm. a future false messiah, uh, a powerful ruler who will come, when he makes a firm covenant with the many, the many of Israel, mm-hmm. the leadership of Israel, mm-hmm. they'll do it for one week, a seven-year period. And it'll be a, some sort of covenant that brings peace and security to Israel in the Middle East. But then midway, three and a half years in, he'll break it. He'll uh, then demand worship of himself as if he were really the Messiah. And that's what sets everything worse to the decreed destruction that it will finally be poured out on this prince who is to come, this false messiah. So that's, uh, we are between week 69, the end of that, and the beginning of week 70, but I think we're pretty close. Yeah, what are the what are the signs that we should be looking for as we get closer to that last week? I, I don't think that, I'm not a sign looker, you know, mm. I <laughs> look for stop signs, you know, things like that, but yeah. not, I, I, I joke, I'm not going to write any books like uh, Left Behind Again or anything like that. I'm, that's not me. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's one sign that comes right out of the text. Mm. And that is that the future false Messiah, the prince who is to come, will make a covenant with Israel. Yeah. Now think about this. For all these last 2,000 years almost, the idea of a false messiah making a covenant with Israel, uh, that wasn't possible. No. Uh, because there was no Israel. Israel had lost sovereignty mm. in the year 63 BC and did not have sovereignty over its own land mm. until 1948. Right. So the birth of the modern state of Israel is the most significant sign that renders this prophecy possible. Mm. Mm. And so uh, that's why I think we're much closer to the end of the gap than we ever have been because of the existence of the state of Israel. Now, I do think this, and this is really important. I happen, a lot of followers of Jesus disagree about when uh, he will come for his people today. Mm -hmm. I happen to believe it could happen imminently, any moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I don't have to have Israel in existence. For the entire period that we're in now, this whole gap period, well, Yeshua could have returned for his people. Mm. Uh, so the Bible calls that uh, the great swoosh is what I'll, I'll call it. <laughs> uh, uh, 
nice it, technical it means, terms. <laughs> yeah, it, it actually, the Greek word that's used in First Thessalonians 4 is to be caught up. Then yes. he'll catch us up to be with him. Mm-hmm. And uh, that will happen at any moment. Mm-hmm. And then sometime after that happens, that's when that future false messiah, this prince who is to come, mm-hmm. will make a treaty with Israel and begin this seven-year period. Mm-hmm. And so I happen to believe that we still have to be looking for Yeshua. If we know him, we are excited and anticipating his coming at any moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's no precondition for that. But for that seven-year period to start, then uh, that's the, the treaty, the covenant with Israel. And then after seven years, Yeshua will return and deliver Israel from that false Messiah. So a more personal question. How has yeah. Daniel 9 impacted you personally? Well, I think uh, one of the great benefits that I have is uh, that I get to teach Messianic prophecy every spring semester. Mm. And uh, I also teach it at various schools uh, besides Moody Bible Institute. I teach, this summer I'll be teaching it at Dallas Theological Seminary. And uh, I, I've, I've taught it some uh, for the Feinberg School that Chosen People Ministries mm-hmm. does in conjunction with Talbot School of Theology. Uh, so I get to teach it all the time. And this prophecy in particular and Messianic prophecy in general constantly builds my faith. Mm. I came to faith in Jesus through a chosen chosen people ministries staff member of years ago. She's with the Lord now. Hilda wow. Kozer mm. telling me about Messianic prophecy and arguing with me about the meaning <laughs> of these passages. And I was very, very obnoxious and overly confident as I argued with her. Mm-hmm. But when I would uh, when I would go home and think about what we talked about, I'd think, wow, she makes a lot more sense than I am. <laughs> and her interpretations make more sense. Right. And that was ultimately what God used to bring me to faith in Yeshua when I believed that he died for me and rose again. He's my Messiah. Wow. It wasn't just some esoteric knowledge out there. Mm-hmm. It became very personal. And everyone, I, I really do believe this, everyone has doubts from mm-hmm. time to time. We go through a pandemic, we lose someone we love. Uh, other people we love are facing illnesses. Uh, we, we struggle, we have children that struggle and have difficulties in their life. And we start saying, God, is this whole thing real? Is this true? And every time I come back to prophecies like Daniel 9, which are so precise, so on the money that right. could not have been known uh, by by Daniel without supernatural uh, divine inspiration. Mm-hmm. Without that, he couldn't have known that. Yeah. Uh, that text tells us uh, exactly when Messiah was supposed to come. He did come. And when I review these things, it just confirms the truth of the faith. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I do know that there's going to be trouble in this life. You know, the one Bible promise that no one likes to claim is John 16, 33, when Yeshua said, in this world, you'll have trouble. Mm, yep. No one said, wow, he promised trouble. But Amen. that is the truth, <laughs> you will have trouble. Uh, but he said, fear not, I've overcome the world. Amen. And yes. but, uh, but whenever we have trouble, we start to have doubts. But Messianic prophecy, particularly Daniel 9, which I think is such a great prophecy, helps us to see the truth and and confirms our faith 
And also there's that little line in there, the Messiah will be cut off, but not for himself. Mm. It's not just that Yeshua came and now, you know, he didn't do anything. He actually paid the penalty for my sin mm. and he rose again. And uh, he was cut off, but not for himself. He was cut off for me mm-hmm. and for Abraham Vasquez and Nicole and uh, anyone else listening to this. And so that's the great reminder that he provided our atonement through his death. Uh, so it wasn't just that he came, but that he was our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm, I am I have nothing else to say, except I would love for people to find you. Um, how can people listen to you on the radio? Oh, the, the best thing to do is go to, uh, well, they can listen in all sorts of ways. They can get the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can listen on the Moody Radio app. Uh, it's called Open Line. And that's the name of the program with Michael Ray Allenlick. And uh, they can listen online. Our website is openlineradio.org. Uh, but if you look up Open Line on your, your smartphone, on your podcast, mm-hmm. whatever podcast uh you use mm-hmm. my dog is confirming that right now <laughs> yes i listen uh but anyway uh when uh when you uh look that up you'll find open line they can listen to open line uh every week uh as much as they want two hours every saturday morning and the podcast you can listen anytime you want go to the moody radio app you can uh which is free and download that listen anytime you want uh but uh you know uh, the other thing that people can do is they could check out my uh web which is my my uh, website, which is michaelreddelnick.org. Uh, I always say, if you can spell my name, you can find it. <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Dr. Redelnik. It was uh, a blast to have you, and we, yeah. we hope to have you again, if that's okay. Always my pleasure. I love doing it. Thank you so much, Dr. Redelnik. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's exciting to see how Messiah the Prince, Yeshua, fulfilled parts of Daniel 9 right on time. He came to Israel and laid down his life. Of course, we also know that he rose again, is seated with God the Father, and will return. We're still waiting for the final week. We do not know exactly when it will happen or what it will look like, but we do know that Jesus wins. Just as God was faithful to bring Israel back from exile and send the Messiah, he will fulfill everything that he has promised. I hope you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode of Our Hope featuring Dr. Michael Radelnik. I would just like to ask for a favor before we wrap up. As we approach the end of 2021, would you consider a gift to Chosen People Ministries? Uh, The only reason we're able to do this podcast is because of the faithful support of people who are listening like you and and all those who get our resources and join our Bible studies and our events and things like that. We really are passionate about bringing Jesus the Messiah to the Jewish people everywhere they are, particularly online. I'm the director of digital media and I have seen firsthand how 
digital media has impacted Jewish people everywhere, no matter where they are. And so consider it, think about it. We would love to have your support um, so that we can continue this work. We can continue recording episodes like this with Dr. Michael Rodelnik to learn about Messianic prophecies um, so that we can equip you with the tools that you need to reach your Jewish friends and family. The other thing you can do is you can subscribe. If you're not also already subscribed on your favorite podcast platform software, just to hit that subscribe button. We would love to engage with you further so that you can get those reminders of when new episodes pop up. And then the last thing you can do is leave a review. Um, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can do that. Thank you so much. It's been awesome over the past, so almost two years of recording. I'm really appreciative of all the listeners and um, everyone who has been committed to, to listening. So if you'd like to give a gift to Chosen People Ministries today, please visit ourhopepodcast.com forward slash support. Again, that URL is ourhopepodcast.com forward slash support. And you can also find that link in our show notes. This episode was produced by Nicole Vaca, our producer, and Grace Sui, our co-producer. It was written by Rachel Larson and edited by Grace Sui. This episode was also created thanks to Dr. Mitch Glazer and Kyron Bautista. I'm Abe Vasquez. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Our Hope. If you like our show and want to know more, check out OurHopePodcast.com or ChosenPeople.com. You can also support our podcast by giving today at OurHopePodcast.com slash support. See you next time.